and we were talking about 18 to 22 year old kids that you know that maybe they're thinking about something this is something i've been i've been dreaming of my whole life and now oh my god if i don't want to do it now what then what's going to happen and then you know what we tell them is that if it doesn't happen it's only going to make you stronger it's going to make you better it's not a failure man it is about the pursuit it is about really truly going after something and having faith in yourself and being about something bigger than yourself like our guys are their self-worth is not based 100 percent on their wrestling credentials or accolades it's something deeper and bigger is about the pursuit wise words there from northern iowa coach doug schwab gonna hear a little bit more from him later in today's show which speaking of hey what's up hello everybody welcome to in the room a wrestling podcast from the des moines register i'm cody goodwin the register's wrestling writer and i am glad you are here happy thursday march 31st the last day of the month of march it was an exciting action-packed month of march but um, last couple of weeks, maybe a little bit quieter on the wrestling front. Still a lot of action going on for those that are in the immediate wrestling bubble. European Championships going on. Pittsburgh Classic had some Iowa wrestlers out there. Um, IA Russell had their Night of Conflict event this upcoming weekend. USA Wrestling's bringing their 16U and Junior National Championships to Cedar Falls. Um, Seabolt Wrestling Academy's taking a group out to Elite Eight Duels down in Atlanta. There's a lot of, uh, there's always wrestling going on, right? It never really truly stops. It's just kind of, it kind of maybe ebbs and flows with some of the bigger events. Um, but here we are still doing a show, still going to try and commit to doing at least one a week through this quote unquote off season, right? Just kind of in between some of these bigger events. Um, did a little bit of planning the last couple of weeks, trying to figure out some, some guests that I want to have on some, some events that I want to try and center some other fun stories around, um, you know, been kind of taking it lower key the last couple weeks to kind of relax and rejuvenate. And um, I hope you guys have been able to do the same as well, because this was a pretty busy wrestling season. Everything was back kind of in full throttle after a year that was kind of dotted by the pandemic. And yeah, so not not a ton of high level wrestling conversation. I know if you check Twitter, you're probably thinking, dude, there's there's a lot of talk going on. Um, we tend to stay away from that because Twitter's not always real life. It can be good. It can be bad. But um, you know, we, we try to do our own thing here. I think we, we've probably well established that by now because this is episode number 140, right? Sometimes we dive into the conversation that goes on in, in wrestling circles and other times we just kind of do our own thing. Today we're going to do our own thing though. Um, love that little segue there. Got a couple of fun conversations coming up. The, the first one, actually the second one, you heard part of the second one earlier with Northern Iowa coach Doug Schwab. Um, believe it was last week he had kind of his end of the year rap press conference and we included part of that in last week's show as we kind of looked back real quick at the NCAA wrestling championships but we're going to include the second half here today um, where I just thought he had some really really good stuff to talk about just about wrestling in general but also just kind of larger life lessons that come from the sport of wrestling and I just I really enjoyed the kind of 10-15 minutes he spent on that um, so that is how we're going to end today's show, how we're going to start today's show. I say that almost four minutes into recording here um, is a conversation I've had kind of in the uh, in my archives for a little while. Um, we're going to hear from 
and Iowa women's wrestling recruit Nyla Valencia. Um, you guys will probably remember that name. She was one of the first um, recruits to commit to Clarissa Chun and the Iowa women's wrestling program, originally from California. Her and I actually had a very, very good conversation, um, and this would have been, shoot, in February, so it's almost two months old now. Um, but we had a really, really good conversation just about a lot of different things. It's about a 20-minute conversation, and I kind of I saved the audio because I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I, at one point, wanted to turn it into a podcast. I wanted to t- kind of turn it into a podcast closer to when she actually committed, um, which would have been back February uh, 10th, I believe, was the official commitment date. Um, but I decided to save it for a rainy day and uh, may not have been raining. It's been snowing here in Des Moines. But uh, today now seems like a good a time as any. So um, we got a conversation with Nyla Valencia coming up. Um, for those that maybe forgot, um, I go, went ahead and linked her commitment story in the show notes. If you want to know a little bit more about her, just kind of the brief um, updates here. She's from California, the Morgan Hill area. She was the fourth um, Iowa women recruit to commit to Clarissa Chun and the women's program. She is absolutely a decorated, um, talented wrestler in her own right, a lightweight star. Um, at the time of her commitment, she was ranked number three nationally at 106 pounds by USA wrestling. Um, she was a finalist at both the 15U and cadet women's freestyle world team trials in 2019. Um, she has won a California single class state championship. Um, she recently, she has previously competed in the Iowa city Coralville area, right? She won USA wrestling's high school national recruiting showcase. That was at extreme arena, um, in March, 2021, um, she has a lot of really high-level wins over a lot of really high-level girls, high school wrestlers around the country. Um, and she's just, it's a very interesting story um, from her. It was a very, very fun conversation. Um, you know, she kind of took me through a lot of what really sold her on joining Iowa, what, what sold her on, on joining Clarissa Chun and, um, you know, the rest of this high powered initial recruiting class that she is bringing to Iowa city. And, and it had a lot more to do with wrestling than I think a lot of people realize she, uh, Nyla's got some pretty big goals when it comes to not only her wrestling career, but also, you know, post athletic life. Right. And, um, you know, she kind of took me through that process about what her visit was like, what she got to see, what, what Clarissa showed her. It it was quite the show and, and very insightful, um, information with regards to her recruiting visit where the conversation actually picks up and where we're about to go to is actually, I was super fascinated by Nyla's wrestling background, which started in judo. Um, so as we jump into the conversation here in just a moment, um, we are at her and I are actually talking about the wrestling judo connection and and what it's like trying to train both of those at the same time, transitioning from one to the other, um, which, you know, starting with judo actually gave her a fantastic foundation for what's become a very, very good wrestling career thus far. So let's go ahead and jump into that conversation. Nyla Valencia, an Iowa women's wrestling recruit, um, opened the conversation, her and I talking about judo, and then the rest of it kind of goes from there. So I hope you guys enjoy. We'll go to that now, and I'll see you all on the other side. I maintain both, but it really depends what competition is coming up. What are so. the what are the challenges of doing both? Because they're they're like they're similar but different, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, judo really helps me wrestling and vice versa. So it's not it's it's pretty easy to cross train in both sports. But the thing is, uh, my judo practices are at a completely different time, and they're pretty far away. So it's difficult to kind of implement them in the schedule. 
um, because our wrestling practices are between two and three hours. And so after school, we have wrestling practice, and then oftentimes we don't make it to judo practice because the scheduling just doesn't work out. So I guess balancing the different, balancing both practices and making them to fit into our schedule is the most difficult part. But if we can't make it to practice, we'll do some stuff after wrestling. But we always, we always find a way. We've been doing it for, uh, I want to say, almost 12 years now. We've been doing it pretty much our entire lives. <laughs> Balancing both sports is not that much of a challenge anymore. That's that's pretty spectacular. I mean, there's a lot of, like, multi-sport <laughs> athletes here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, we are always talking to the wrestlers, guys and girls, you know, by, you know, volleyball, football, wrestling, and then sometimes track or soccer, this, that, and the next. But, like, you know, it's, it's regimented by season, right? And sometimes it's, mm-hmm. you know, the freestyle and Greco season is kind of where things get a little heady, especially for the softball players because Iowa's really weird and they do mm-hmm. high school softball in the summer. But um okay to do both of those at the same time especially like with how close those disciplines are like that's that mm-hmm. would make my head spin so i you're more <laughs> of a, you're more of a superstar than i thought <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you yeah and i thought it was pretty awesome because obviously clarissa does judo too so we both have a judo background and i thought that was pretty cool so she grew up learning how to balance both sports i believe so something we have in common it's kind of cool that's awesome. Yeah. Which uh, which yeah. did you do? Would you do? Which one did you do first? Was it judo and then wrestling? Judo. Or wrestling? Okay. So judo was my first sport, and that's actually how I became an athlete. Wrestling sort of came after, and I started wrestling because my brother needed a partner. I was never into the sport until I was about ten years old. So even though I started at five, those first five years were me just kind of being there for my brother, going to practices. I didn't really compete, and my focus was on judo so that was sort of how I created my athletic foundation was through judo and then after when I was 10 I started getting into wrestling and competing more and then 14 was when I started trying to make world teams and that's where um, my dreams of going to the Olympics started to kick in but yeah that's awesome what made you want to you know cross over when it comes to you know the mixed martial arts right and and officially try to go all Mm -hmm. in on wrestling well, I spent so much time on the mat in the wrestling room. I ultimately fell in love with the sport, and I really just couldn't I, I couldn't take it easy. I mean, I would go into tournaments and lose matches, and I've, I've always been a very competitive person, and that, that aspect of my judo that you sort of um, carried over because I was so competitive. I didn't like losing my wrestling matches, and I started training harder and investing so much time into wrestling aspect because I wanted to get pretty good and the better I got the more the harder I began to train the more success I achieved and then just the more I fell in love with the sport and wrestling and right now I think wrestling is probably it's become my main sport judo has sort of become a supplement like a it's I still I still love judo but I think I don't think I love it as much as wrestling anymore it's just, I don't, I really can't tell you how it all happened. It just sort of developed over time. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Cause I've, I, you're not the first, you know, judo and then wrestling story that I've heard. And so, but it's still just always so fascinating to kind of hear the thought process and what went into the decision to pick one over the other. And, um, right. you know, and I'll, I'll say this too, like every former, you know, judo athlete who has become a wrestler, um, always a pretty damn good wrestler. Right. So like this just, that totally fits the narrative here. 
Yeah, no, I, I implement a lot of my judo in my wrestling. I hit a lot of throws. Obviously, rest, you know, basic wrestling is like sweep singles and knee pulls, but it really helps because it's sort of an unorthodox um, style that you kind of bring in, especially girls don't do Greco, and if they do, I mean, very few of them. So it just, it, it's really, it's a big advantage. So I use it, I use it a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I did that kind of help when you decided to, fi- you know, when you're 10 and you decide you finally want to wrestle? Like, I, I got to imagine you probably felt pretty comfortable out there. Yeah, I was, um, I, I had been competing in judo my whole life, so I wasn't, I mean, competing at tournaments wasn't that big of a deal for me, and I sort of, uh, I remember my first wrestling practice, uh, I didn't know any wrestling moves, and they threw me in to go live with some of the boys my size, and the first thing I did was throw the kid, and <laughs> the, whole team, <laughs> the whole team went nuts, because I threw him and I pinned him, and it felt really, really good, but then the coaches wanted me to learn wrestling moves, so that's you know how I started staying into practices, and that same thing happened my first wrestling match ever, I threw my opponent with... Um, sort of like an arm spin, actually. What we call it in judo is an ipon sanagi. In wrestling, that translates to an arm spin, pretty much. So, yeah, arm spin is my main throw, or one of my main throws right now. And then, yeah, it's kind of cool how it all plays out and ties together. That's really cool, yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, I, judo's a little, it's a it's a mixed martial art, but it's a little bit different. Like, I, I correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, judo, you, you can be a little comfortable on your back. Um, obviously, yes. wrestling, that's not that's not the deal. Um, mm-hmm. which kind of, you know, when it comes to like throws and, and rolls and just kind of being comfortable in certain situations, as opposed to somebody who just grew up wrestling, like, um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of curious too, like how much did that, you know, cause you, do you guys wrestle folk style in, during the high school season in California? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, is there, is there, is there like a difference of being, you know, like maybe more ready for freestyle because of the judo background or, or does oh, that really yes. not matter at all? No, it, it it has a huge advantage in freestyle because throws are four pointers, feet to back five pointers. I mean, those throws are worth nothing if I don't get in and folk style unless I get back points or I end up pinning the person. Because uh, where, whereas in freestyle I can get four points right off the bat, and yeah. that's ultimately how I gain a lot of points in my freestyle matches because I can throw my opponent and I can hit guts and laces right off of that and transition quickly. Folk style is a little bit trickier. Um, and you know, just a different style. There's top bottom, and so you spend a little bit more time on the mat in free and folk stuff. So that changes the dynamic of the match a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more about control, obviously, than right, you know right. exposure and points, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think that's why I like freestyle better. <laughs> hey, I, you and me both. So I, <laughs> I think yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of Iowa wrestling fans who I think are going to be. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit more endearing to freestyle once you guys are mm-hmm. able to get this team together at Iowa and, you know, the women are going to go out there and you guys are just going to run up the score. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, just just a generally a, a way more exciting style, especially for, you know, mm-hmm. those of us in the wrestling bubble know that, but, I you know, the, the general masses of wrestling fans, I think, if they get exposed to that, I, I, I think most of them would probably be like, why don't we go do this more often? Yes, I 100% agree. Yeah, which, you know, with – college women's wrestling like really picking up and especially like with Iowa adding a women's program now I'd like to think that maybe we're inching closer to that I don't know I like folk style as a product but like maybe you know the, the women can do more than just save wrestling at the Olympic level maybe it can really shift things at the domestic level as well who knows I don't know mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely yeah so what ultimately sold you on Iowa 
So I remember getting my, my dad and I got a call from Clarissa and we first discovered that there was a wrestling, a D1 women's wrestling program. And I always wanted to go to an Ivy League school. In fact, growing up, Stanford was my dream school. I'd worked super hard in high school, taking a bunch of AP classes, really trying to get my GPAs high as I could. I ended up getting it to like a 4.4 max. And so at the same time, I was juggling my sports and really trying to make my application incredible pretty much because, you know, those Stanford applicants are amazing, amazing, amazing people. And um, I ended up getting rejected from Stanford, so I really tried to get into Columbia. At the same time, I got a call from Iowa, and we discovered that the program was coming in. And I already had a little bit of a relationship with uh, Coach Clarissa um, from the different camps that I went to and some of the competitions I've seen her at. And I spent a lot of time with her, so I was already very comfortable with her. And knowing that she was going to be the coach was really one of the turning points for me. And uh, we gave her a call. I had some conversations with her, and we set up a meeting. Um, but I remember before then, before seeing the campus, this happened about a month ago. And my decision pretty much changed over the course of a month. It's insane. I started having these these dreams. Uh, it's kind of like stuff you know what you see from the movies where I was having these dreams. I was at the Olympics, and I saw Coach Clarissa in my corner, and it happened a couple times in a row. And I'd wake up and just, I, I thought that it was kind of like a, a message of some sort. So I started to rethink my future a little bit. And I thought, well, I want to go to the Olympics. And I have about 10 years to do that. I'm giving myself three chances before I end up going to medical school. And I have to sort of stop or end my athletic career before I pursue that. And I mean, why not put myself in the best athletics or the best wrestling situation possible in order to try and fulfill that dream of mine? So, Uh, I visited the campus, and then I completely fell in love with everything. And I just, you know, the wrestling community there was another thing that really drew me to Iowa University. It's crazy how much love and support they give to their athletes, specifically the wrestlers. I wouldn't have experienced that anywhere else. I know that for a fact. I mean, I had people coming up to me and saying that the program was incredible, that they'd be really happy to have me, that they were going to really support women's wrestling. I mean, if I were to go to an Ivy League school, athletics are not a priority. It's academics strictly. And I'd be involved in sort of a club wrestling program, and it's not the same at all. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't necessarily be a student athlete, and I kind of wanted that experience. So I think I was just the perfect place for me in those respects. Yeah, no, that's that's really awesome. What what did you guys see on your visit? I mean, did you come in and watch like a duel and get to kind of see Carver Hawkeye Arena get all out and rowdy, or or what was what was your so, experience like? So Clarissa, she did an amazing job with the visit. We were there for a couple days, and the first place we landed there on Friday. The first thing we went to go see was the biology department because that's what I want to major in, um, biomedical sciences. So we went to go see that facility, and she set up some meetings with um, a couple of people from the biology department. So I met with a student who's on the pre-med track, like um, very similar to me. And we met with a, a biology advisor, so we were talking a little bit about the majors and the program and the different types of research I could be doing there. And so got me really excited. I saw all the different lab classrooms. I got to sit in on a lecture. And then we went to go see the judo facility. Um, there, apparently there's an, a, a judo club in Iowa. That was another big thing because I hadn't seen that anywhere else. And that was really cool. And then uh, next day, we went to see the town a little bit. And then we went to the Carver Hawkeye Arena for the dual meet. 
and that was that was incredible. We met um, we met the Brands Brothers and Dan Gable. We got to go see the athletes sort of warm up before the meet, and I met. This is probably one of my favorite parts. I went to go meet the team of doctors for the wrestlers, and a couple of them are surgeons. So they were just we were talking for like 10, 15 minutes, and they were telling me these crazy stories about their surgeries. And I think, you know, we went to go see some of the hospitals there in the football stadium. And, you know, the the surgeons were telling me that they could um, help me sort of gain connections at the hospitals for volunteer work and mentorships. And then I could even shadow on some of their surgeries. (laughs) It was just it was amazing. I saw some of the recovery facilities and uh, we went to a couple really nice places for dinner, saw the town. And I think that was pretty much the whole visit, I want to say. Oh, and then I got to see um, a dorm for student-athletes. So I think that was the whole trip. I got gotcha. you. That, that <laughs> sounds really awesome. Um, yeah. I'm, like, I'm always, I'm always kind of curious to, like, hear what, you know, I, recruits see and hear and kind of what their visits are like because they're always different and – Mm-hmm. You know, there's usually like a sporting event involved. And in the case of like Iowa wrestling, there's usually a duel going on. So you kind of, you get the feel mm-hmm. of the energy in that building. But, um, you know, it seemed like Clarissa kind of appealed to, you know, everything you want to do in addition to wrestling on this visit, which sounds really, really cool. Yes, because I mean, academics are also extremely important to me. And I think she knows that she's looking for not only athletes but really strong students and so she wanted me to see what Iowa has to offer in terms of what I'm trying to pursue for my career so oh and then the advising center for student athletes was also really cool um that's that's like a great place for athletes to go and study and you know gain some counseling and some advice and that was really really great that's awesome. That's awesome. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, I don't have to tell you that this is a, a brand new women's wrestling program, right? Right. Like I, you're the fourth recruit. I'm pretty sure to commit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you guys are basically going to come in and and do you know a quote unquote red shirt year before you finally you know get to represent Iowa in twenty three twenty four. Um, Mm -hmm. what, what does that mean to you to be kind of part of this inaugural signing class to be part of, you know, the first roster for the Iowa women's wrestling program? Like, have you thought about that? I have, I mean, it's, it's a big honor, really. This is one of the only opportunities that, that females get to really wrestle at that same level that men do. And I'm just very humbled to have this experience, this opportunity. And I think, and I, I really want to, my, I, my team and I really want to set the standard for women's wrestling over the, across the nation and sort of inspire as many colleges and as many universities to obtain that level and really grow women's wrestling. I think this is the start. I'm extremely grateful to Coach Clarissa for stepping up. She sort of was the pioneer, the, the leader in that in this um, in, in starting this program, as well as everybody else who started the program. They sort of stepped up. And um, I think I think we're at the beginning of something really, really amazing. And I, I'm super, extremely grateful to be a part of that. I really couldn't, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be luckier because, you know, Clarissa chose me. And I believe she chose me for a reason. So I'm really going to take that opportunity and do as much as I can to support the wrestling community and out Iowa and really help grow the sport and just be as involved as I can. 
That's really cool. That's really awesome. Um, have you talked with some of the other girls that, that have committed and signed? And I mean, she, Clarissa's bringing in some hammers to Iowa City for this first team. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so Kylie, um, I am very, actually, I know everybody that's committed so far, which is nice. I've met them through camps and tournaments. So Kylie's, um, I went to a couple camps with her. And I believe I, I went to Sweden with her for uh, the Klippan Open, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to, I think all of us are really going to connect well. I think we're going to create a, a very strong sisterhood and a strong support system. Um, and I'm fully prepared to support every single one of my teammates, and I'm sure they are as well. Um, but it's kind of nice that I'm going to go in there already knowing, seeing a lot of familiar faces. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think that was all the questions I had for you, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. Um, no, I think I pretty much summed it up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate the time tonight. And um, of course, again, congratulations. I know this is this is a really huge deal. There, there's a lot of people in Iowa that are amped for all you girls that keep joining the program. I, you know, all four of you have committed within the first week. Um, yes, or not the first yes. week, but in the, in the last week, right? So there's just, there's just mm-hmm. a lot of excitement buzzing right now. So it's, you know, congratulations again, and, and thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Excellent conversation there with Nyla Valencia, an Iowa women's wrestling recruit, the fourth uh, the fourth athlete to commit to Clarissa Chun and the Hawkeye women's program. Know that that conversation was, um, you know, it took place in, in early February, early to mid-February, so a little bit older, but still fantastic insight um, into kind of her own wrestling journey, kind of what brought her to Iowa, and really just kind of her big picture goals, both on the mat and off the mat. Really enjoyed that conversation. Glad I saved it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. We're going to end today's show um, with the first person you heard from on today's show. We opened the show with a fun little quote there from Doug Schwab, Northern Iowa's wrestling coach. Um, and we're going to lay down the rest of that conversation here um, on the back half of the show. He actually he, he, he talked about a lot of things in his post-NCAA um, championship press conference when they got back to Cedar Falls. And, um, you know, we laid down a good chunk of that in last week's show, but um, laid down the second half of it today for you guys. Just really enjoyed kind of listening to Doug articulate his thoughts just um, – you know about wrestling and and about the pursuit, right? That was one thing that we heard at the top of the show that the it the, the sport and and wrestling and I, really athletics as a whole is it, it is about the pursuit and about you know kind of what you learn about yourself and what you become along the way. And you know if you're able to win some titles um, in the process of doing that, um, you know all the better. But um, a lot of big picture stuff that I really f- found enjoyable and insightful, and um, I think you guys will enjoy it too. And um, you know the kind of way he gets into that, and you guys will hear that. He actually starts by talking about um, Parker Keckeisen and, um, you know, kind of his week as a whole, taking third at the NCAA championships, you know, battling back after a quarterfinal loss and notching some big wins. And, you know, how can, how can he get better? How can he can continue to improve, right? It's a 184 is a pretty deep weight class and Parker's very firmly established himself as one of the guys there. Um, you know, how can he take that next step, right? And Doug talks about that and how it's little incremental steps and, um, you know, little things here and there like positioning and finishes and, um, you know, doing a lot of the little things correctly in order to take those giant steps forward, right? To go from third at the NCAA championships to potentially the finals to potentially winning the whole thing. Um, you know, and then from there, he kind of leapfrogs into, um, you know, a conversation about, you know, kind of larger life lessons learned from wrestling and, and larger 
um, you know, big picture ideas that, that sports as a whole can provide um, coaches and athletes alike. And I just really thought that that was um, a really fun part of the conversation. I think you guys will enjoy that as well. So I'll quit rambling. I know I have a tendency to do that. And we will go ahead and jump into this. Northern Iowa head coach Doug Schwab. I will see you guys on the other side. But man, proud of our team. And I know I've been long winded, uh, but a lot of things on my mind and want to make sure that I share them. And I don't know who listens to this or pays attention to it or not, but <laughs> at least for me, it's, it's, uh, I know you keep raising your hand, but I'm, I'm going to keep talking. I'm agreeing with you. Oh. When you talk about Parker, yep. um, it's hard in the description, you know, because the success he's had just mm-hmm. lost his career and the success of the tournament. Where can he improve? Um, <laughs> man, I mean, he's, you know, he's, He's improved his setup, his finishes. I mean, you know, getting off bottom, he really didn't get ridden all year. He got a little bit, you know, a little bit in those matches. I think, you know, if anything, it just, with everything, it's it's continuing to manage your emotions um, and energy. But ha, just refining. I don't know. I mean, I, as far as time put in, there's not much more time that he can put in. Um, now can you, I can, do I think that you can always refine it and make it better? I mean, yeah. I think that's really to me what it comes down to but he is it, I mean he's right there he's right there and like I said now we got to figure out and I know I know uh, coach staff I know Leo helped him figure out how do you make those margins so to me his variance is like heck man he's he's a top three guy and want to get him to where he's a top one guy you know there's there's some really really good area four pounders but I know I know a plan will be put in place in in those areas that you can make up the margins, they'll be made up. Um, But, man, to say that what else he can do better, I mean, there's always going to be things you can do better. And that's just going to be till the end of time um, because I know where he wants to get to. So, um, you know, there'll be evaluation like always. You know, you evaluate. I evaluate myself as coach. We evaluate our staff. We we evaluate our guys and how how can we put a plan in place to move them forward. So, you know what, we're not talking about scoring 27 points, we're talking about scoring 107 points, you know? And you gotta kind of, you gotta build that. But to me, next year, we we need to we need to score more points than I ever have at, a, at an NCAA tournament. And, and that's, 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 that to me is gonna be the charge throughout this whole year. Greg, I watched Parker's uh, matches at the national tournament. Is it safe to say that it seemed like he was more comfortable on his feet? Um, I didn't see him doing a lot of riding. I saw him, you know, um, give him a, a, a skate yeah. um, to get the takedown. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He's one of the best neutral wrestlers in the country. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, and, he, and he's and he's definitely worked on his riding. I mean, he has. You know, I know one thing that they always talk, you know, talks to him about is, hey, make sure we have, you know, we have a return. And there was a few times where that probably didn't happen. So that tells me a little bit that, okay, maybe there's some other things that that are that are stacking on. And it's hard when, man, I don't care how much you've trained and prepared for it, sometimes those moments you can you can get lost in them. Um, that's why you have to train at such a high level and a demanding level that you don't ever get lost in those situations. You know, and that's, that is a hard thing to do because we're human. 
and we were talking about 18 to 22 year old kids that you know that maybe they're thinking about something this is something i've been i've been dreaming of my whole life and now oh my god if i don't want to do it now what what's going to happen and then you know what we tell them is that if it doesn't happen it's only going to make you stronger it's going to make you better it's not a failure man it is about the pursuit it is about really truly going after something and having faith in yourself and being about something bigger than yourself like our guys are their self-worth is not based 100 percent on their wrestling credentials or accolades it's something deeper and bigger and man i think i continue to see that throughout this whole tournament you, you see guys and you see them and it, you know if it's faith and i have a strong faith man and that is important to me um and a lot of our guys do too and you saw it displayed to me in the you know in wrestling just the guys and how they talk about the relationship with god and how important it is and there's one thing I, I got some stuff beside my bed and on the wall and for me man when i'm done and it's all said and done and i'm freaking i'm meeting god and it's like i want to make sure that i gave everything 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 i was i gave everything and if i do that then i'll feel good and that's what i try to do every day that's what i try to do every season and do I fall short a lot? Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep trying the same thing with our team. That's the same thing that they will do. They will re-up again. And, man, to me, that is there's so much comfort in that and joy in that, but also, man, an immense amount of pride because of how... Uh, Penn State's domination is good for the sport right now. Uh, see, I, here's, I, I've heard that before. Ah, it's not good. It's not good. You know what? we got to get better. They're whooping our ass. They're miles ahead of everybody. That's the honest truth. They just are. And so now you can either be like, well, you know, that's not fair. They get all these recruits and they do all this. Or you, or you can, to me, then you're just, all you're doing is then you're just handing it to them. If you're going to use that. You know, even us, we can be like, oh, it's you and I. We don't have this. We don't have that. That's all a bunch of BS, man. That's all just, and, and coaches use it all the time. Well, we don't have this. We don't have that. Yeah, you can still work. You still got 24 hours. And you have access to everything. Um, so do I think it's good for the sport? Absolutely. It's good for them. Now, it's not good for us. We've got we to figure out how to, how, to, how to change that. But it raises our level. It makes us. We don't have a choice. Either we raise our level or we continue to get our ass kicked. So, and I don't say we always get our ass kicked. I'm just saying that, man, when they're winning by 30, 40 points, and they're winning every year, and I think they won like 9 of 11 or 10 to 12 or whatever they're doing. Um, and you have to do it in your own way. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's like, oh, we got to do it like Penn State does. Well, you can't do it like Penn State does it. That's their own way. But we got to find our own way, and we can take certain things from them. Uh, and, and we certainly do, man. You try to learn from it. But, man, do I feel like we're on that path as a, as a team, as a program? I do. But you just got to continue to get better. Doug? Yeah. Um, it appears that the Big Ten Conference is a wrestling conference. In the Big Ten tournament you had what was it uh michigan penn state iowa national tournament you have penn state michigan and yeah iowa. yeah and in northwestern you know they place in there nebraska i think five out of the top six yeah you know five of the top six even you know i think arizona state's the only team that 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 placed um you know big 12 we got to get better i mean i talk with the big 12 coaches we got to get better we want to we want to be able to battle with the big 10 um and those guys they're, they, I mean, I don't care. Competition makes you raise yourself or, or, or it makes you fold, you know, I mean, one of the two, 
But those guys, they, I mean, they, they battle, they battle each other every, all year, all season. They go to the Big Ten tournament, and then they come out of the Big Tens, and they usually do pretty dang well at the Nationals. So I, I don't know. That's to me the model of being competitive and raising the level of our our conference. We have to, we have to, man. I think we had nine All Americans. That's not enough. I think I put that on myself. I'm not putting that on anyone else. Uh, but the Big Ten. The other thing I'll say is you can win anywhere, though. I know they, them, it's, I think in you know we're recruiting guys are like, well, you, we can, you can win everywhere. You can win everywhere. I, I believe that. There's a lot of great coaches out there, and man, I feel very confident about how we're developing guys. You know, we had we had four guys that were at the national tournament that never state champions. The development there, guys are getting better, and that's not a, that is not a knock on those guys. It's just like, hey, man, these guys. One is they're coming in believing. They're working their tails off, and I feel like they're they're improving. And their time here. We just gotta we just gotta continue to get guys that are in that race, running that race, and they're willing to run that race every dang day. And we got a whole group of them that are doing it. I wanted to compliment you and encourage you. I watched the the national tournament on ESPN, and their reporters were um, very complimentary of you and I wrestling. Um, and they definitely know about the Panther train. Yeah. <laughs> live on TV. I mean, that's, it takes a while to build a reputation, but like I said, that's built upon, man, the athletes and the coaches and the support that we've had and the, and the history that we've had as a program. And it's not built in a day. Um, and that's something that I'm, that I'm proud of that, like I said, we're the only purple, purple and gold school. And man, when, when people are taking notice when we compete and how we compete and how we conduct ourselves and the energy that we have, but also just how we love the sport of wrestling, man, and it, and it, and it shows. I got a two-part question. Yep. You might have already touched on it, but what will you remember most about this team or this season, and what are, what are you thinking about uh, your next team or your, your next season? Uh, gotta, like I said, got to do, do a little bit of reflecting. You have to. I mean, you got to do some inventory always um, and things that you felt like you did well, things that you can improve on, and things that – and I mean, I'm already thinking about okay, how, how can we do the national tournament better next year? Just from for our athletes, for our coaches. I mean, there's just little things when they're fresh, um, but then you got to implement them. Um, I don't know. I have to sit. I have to sit back and think a little bit. I think. I think. I think a lot is just the second half of the season, the growth that we had. Um, that man, how we competed and really came together as a team. And I think the standard got raised just as a group, as far as what they're willing to commit and how they're willing to commit to it and do it daily. Um, and it showed in their results. And to me, it's about doing some things that haven't been done for a long, long time here. Um, you know, I talk about single digits as a as a team. Uh, hasn't been done for a long time. And we got a group that's capable of doing it. And, man, now now, now it's getting up and running after it every day. Um, and either you look forward to that or you shy away from it. And tell you what, I look forward to it every day. And I know our guys do, too. And our coaches do, too. And that's uh, that's a great place to be. Uh, that, yeah, I'll keep, I, I'll keep talk all day. And hopefully you guys don't mind. You guys got a place to go? No? All right, well. <laughs> Michelle, you got some place to go? It's pro day. No big deal. All right, then we'll, we'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm so Doug. Yep. Dual meets versus tournaments. I got down here. Um, do you see your, uh, your team is better or more of a dual meet team or more or better of a – Tournament team. Oh, that's, you know, 
I mean, you want to be you want to be able to be both. <laughs> well, you know, I think. I, question was, do you prefer knowing that tournaments win championships? It's just a structure, so you have to. I mean, I think we some of our guys, you know, we do we do very well for one match and can get up for it. But to win a national tournament, you have to be able to get up for five or six. You know, hopefully it's five because you you want to only have to wrestle five matches. Um, but you have to be able to get up multiple times, <laughs> and so we got to get our guys more prepared for that. Um, you know, a duel, and I don't want to say a duel is ever easy, but it's one match, one opponent, one situation. So how do you get guys to where it, they can they can manage that throughout three days? Because like I said, it's one of the toughest tournaments, toughest events I've ever been to. And there's a lot that goes mentally, physically to it, but also just mentally to it. So getting our guys more prepared, and I think we have to do that and continue to do that through their training. And setting up our schedule, you know, I mean, I'm definitely going to work on um, setting up a schedule that – can mimic that as well as possible and prepare us as well as possible with the competition that we have and maybe multi-day events. So. so you would probably say that dual meets are more predictable and tournaments are more unpredictable? No, nah, I'm not going to say that at all. I, I, think, I think that they both have their place and they're different. I think that there should be a national championship for both. I think that they're different things. Um, I think it's easier probably for... I don't want to say a fringe fan to come to a dual meet that's you know packaged and it's two and a half hour it's two hours maybe um you understand the scoring you know tournaments can sometimes be a little bit tougher so i think they both have their place and i think hopefully with the ratings of espn and that people were showing up and watching that they'll want to have more on you know i mean we had heck we're getting our athletes home at 11 11 30 at night because we're starting a session at eight o'clock for you know for for tv which is okay, you know, but then hopefully that, that, that in turn leads to something or leads to more for, more, more for our sport, you know. I got two more quick questions. Yep, go to it. Short, short answer. <laughs> what is the current status of the West Young? Oh, boy. Um, I'll have to defer you to my bosses okay. on that. <laughs> we, we, we love, I mean, we love the West Gym. We love competing there it is heck I, I can tell you i know i had multiple coaches this is no this is no bull i had multiple coaches that said hey i want to come out and compete there the rutgers coach actually we're sitting side by side because you're back in this hallway he's like i only want to come out and compete against you if we're in the west gym <laughs> no comment this question too what would you like to see done with the west gym oh boy well there's a lot of things i'd like to see done with it i mean it's just there's so much history for me, if it's going to go out, I just want it to go out a certain way. I want I want the history to be, um, to me, celebrated. It's almost going to be a hundred. Yeah, I think twenty five. I think it's going to be almost a hundred years. You know, so if it's going out, let's let's go out the right way. Let's do it well. Let's celebrate that building. Let's, you know, I mean, people go up their retirement tours like. You know what? If it's going to happen, then let's let's do it that way. Because I mean, there's a lot of people that still want to wrestle. There's a lot of people that want to say goodbye to that 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 gym if it happens, or you redo it and and you preserve its history. Whatever it is, I can tell you this: um, we'll be in a better place. We'll be in a better place as a program because of the leadership that we have and that the support that we have. We have incredible support throughout the not just this the state of Iowa but throughout the country man and people and wrestling people they rally they rally like no other I've ever seen and so yeah I've had a lot of people ask me about it because they love the West Gym they love that 
the history that it has, the energy that it has. And, man, when you have, when you have coaches that are like, I want to come compete there, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, it's, an, it's, a, it's a certainly one of the better venues throughout, uh, to me, sport, you know, and in the sport of wrestling. So anything else? Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Lend itself to the older guys who got that extra COVID year. Uh, did that hurt or harm your fairly young squad, or did not play a factor at all? Uh, it's it's the rules, you know. I mean, they they gave those guys the extra year and they utilized them. Um, I could tell you just because you're in a sixth year, it's not it doesn't make it easier. <laughs> Our seventh year, you know, they said that they had some guys that were in their seventh year. I mean, wrestling takes a, it takes a toll on you. Just the seasons and college wrestling in just. College athletics take a toll on you, mentally and physically. So I don't know if it's necessarily an advantage to guys. You know, I think it can be used as, as an advantage. But to me, it was one of the toughest, deepest tournaments that there's ever been. And, you know, either you get better and you still win with it, or, you know, you can be like, wow, you know, make excuses about it. We're not going to make excuses about it. I thought it was an incredible tournament, and it was great to have a capacity crowd again. Um, always be grateful for having the tournament man like i said and i know i've talked about it but the 2020 class you know max max was there i got to see got to see him you got to see luhan Steyert and swarm we had guys that you know never got that opportunity so those guys that get it and and this is one thing i'll leave with and yet yet brought this up and i thought it was awesome um he talked about at our at our post meet social um on saturday night he said i'm on borrowed time and I'm going to use it as well as I can because all those guys that are fifth-year guys that get a six-year, they're getting that time from those guys that lost it, That's 2020 class. And I thought that was awesome, man. And, and uh, you know, so those guys should be grateful for it. But I don't. do I think that it takes away from it? Absolutely not. I think, man, you still have to go win. <laughs> so if they do it and they're their sixth-year, seventh-year, or first-year, and they've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Because of, because of, you know, I mean, you know, picture those guys right there. And then you got this whole roster right here. And then you got a coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely on the right track. Um, and I saw how these guys all, I saw how they all responded from this weekend. And it, that doesn't mean that they're not hurt. It doesn't mean that they're, in a way, like I said, kind of in pieces. But I know that those pieces are going to come back and they're going to come back stronger. And it's going to build them as men, and the best versions of those of these individuals, man, is coming. And can't wait to help help them be a little part of that. Uh, but appreciate all the support that we get for you and I wrestling, um, and looking forward to looking forward to the next season because it'll be here before we know it. Um, I said, credit, proud of those guys, man. We did some, we did some, some things I think need to be highlighted. You know, having eight, eight guys to the tournament, all winning matches. That's something to build on. Having four new guys that weren't there and they all won matches. Having a two-time All-American back that really leads your team and leads it, leads it the right way. That is a, that's, a, that's an exciting place to be. Um, and I'll just continue to challenge our team then that there's always going to be a little bit more to give. And I'll continue to challenge my staff and I'll continue to challenge actually anyone that's a United Wrestling fan or supporter, man. There's always, there's always a little bit more. So if you can do it, do it. And know that we always appreciate it.
Excellent stuff there from Doug Schwab. As always, um, I tend to geek out on a little bit of things like that. Just, you know, that's, I, it's, it's really fun to talk about, you know, state champs and national champs and all Americans and place winners and, and guys that do the good things correctly and guys that, you know, they, they win the big matches on the big stages and the guys that have the cool stories. And, um, you know, I think we forget that, that you know, the, the, the process of doing these things can teach us a heck of a lot more um, than just what's required to um, you know, to win these big things, you know, a lot of sports and a lot of athletics is, you know, kind of, you know, learning to be the best version of yourself. Um, and sometimes I, I think that gets lost in, in the storytelling aspect and the way that, you know, even the way I approach my job, we, we spend a lot of time talking about winners. I don't think we talk enough about what the sport as a whole can do for guys that, you know, not only win, but, you know, just kind of what, what can they get out of this as a whole? What is, what is, what are the lessons? What are the larger life lessons, um, you know, that sports can teach us, you know, and as, as a former athlete myself, I think I resonate with that a lot more because, you know, I, I went pro in something other than sports, right? But a lot of the life lessons that I use in my everyday life, a lot of the things that I use, um, you know, in my approach to my job um, and really just my approach to my everyday life stems from a lot of the lessons I learned from sport, you know, doing a lot of the little things correctly, um, you know, finding the best version of yourself, finding you know, the little things that lead to the best version of yourself. And, you know, how can I be a, a better writer, a better podcaster, a better reporter? Um, you know, how can I interact with people better? How can I ask better questions? You know, what kind of questions can lead to better stories? Um, you know, am I telling the right stories? You know, things like that. You know, a, a lot of my post rustling season thought process is a lot of self auditing. Um, just to kind of give you guys a peek behind the curtain is, you know, how, how did my season go? How did I think, how do I think I did, right? You know, um, a lot of self-assessment, a lot of, you know, did, did I get to all the stories I wanted to get to? Did I get to all the stories I needed to get to? Did I tell all the stories in the best way possible? If not, how can I improve? You know, if I were to redo this story, how would I do it? Um, you know, so that's kind of where my mind's at right now, which is why I really appreciate, um, you know, a lot of the thoughts that, that Doug was rolling through right there. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys ever have moments like that of, of self-assessment and self-auditing and, you know, just kind of, you know, self-critique in that same way. But, um, you know, if you are, hopefully you found this a little bit enjoyable. If not, um, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, that's all I've got today, though. Um, you know, again, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. Um, and of course, be sure to subscribe to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. Um, we're going to stick to this one pod a week through, um, you know, this immediate portion of the quote unquote off season. And, you know, we'll kind of see where it takes us, right. As, as stories pop up and as things, um, you know, unfold and, you know, I'm able to kind of get to some bigger stories and stuff. I'm sure I'll have, um, you know, some fun interviews and some fun conversations, um, to lay down on the podcast for you guys each week, but we're going to try to stick to one a week and kind of see how that works for us. Um, if you guys have any recommendations on, on people you want to hear from, or, um, you know, shows you guys might find interesting or, or things you want me to, to, you know, run down when it comes to the podcast. I know I mentioned on, on Twitter not too long ago that maybe we'll do some mailbag podcasts, um, sometime this spring and summer. I'd like to maybe get to one of those a month if the time allows. Um, you know, I, th I think that'd be really cool, but I also, you know, I want to hear from you guys, you know, what do you want to hear? What do you want to listen to? Um, you know, give me a shout, let me know, send me some suggestions and, um, you know, we'll see what we can do for you guys. So yeah, you can find links to connect links to subscribe and also, um, a lot of stories and videos from this past week down in the show notes. So go ahead and click there. Um, send me your suggestions. Thanks again so much for listening, you guys, and we will talk again soon. 